0: Good evening, saints. So glad you joined us here tonight. I'm excited about another Bible study evening. Join me in prayer tonight. God, we love you and we thank you. We appreciate the anointing, the power of the Holy Spirit and your presence in this place. Speak to me and speak through me in the precious, matchless, merciful name of Jesus who is our Christ. Amen. Amen. Good evening, Saints. Glad you joined us tonight. We're going to get right into the lesson tonight. I feel excited. I've been dealing with a series Answers for the Struggle Ancient Wisdom for Modern Problems. This is number 20. Number 20. Answers for the Struggle Ancient Wisdom for Modern Problems. And this is number 20, and it's coming from Proverbs chapter 20. Let me see if I can sort of uh, place this chapter for you. There are what I've described tonight as 10 lessons from Proverbs 20. 10 lessons from Proverbs 20. Uh, These 10 lessons are interesting because they deal with sort of discrimination or what I would say the figuring out of character the character of people you're involved with your own character so it's about discrimination but it's also about discernment and that is learning how to judge situations every situation is not the same you've got to discern right from wrong and ultimately it's about recognizing that the ultimate discerner is God, that God ultimately is the discerner. And even if God uses our natural abilities, the only way they can be used is because God gave them to us. And so just because God is the ultimate discerner does not let us off the hook that we are not to participate in the discernment, discrimination process. And I don't mean discrimination in terms of the way in which we discriminate against people and mistreating them. I'm talking about where we decide with some sense of good judgment what we should or should not be involved in. And so we want to begin tonight, beginning with verse 1 through 3, Proverbs 20. Wine is a mocker, strong drink, a riotous brawler. Notice now, the personification of wine into the role of mockery. The personification of liquor, strong drink, into the role of fighting, brawling. And whoever is intoxicated by it is not wise. So most times we talk about the prohibition of drinking for most, uh, most Protestants talk to prohibition where, where drinking is clear. It is pro- prohibited because most folk, as old folk, you say, can't handle their liquor. And that brown liquor make you really crazy. The dumbest things folk go back on, they think about they did, they had that brown liquor in them. I don't care if it was anything from Slitch Malt Liquor to Henny or whatever other names are out there. I don't know the names, haven't cooperated with that program. But just so you know, the terror of a king is like a roaring of a lion. Whoever provokes him to anger forfeits his own life. It is an honor for a man to keep away from strife by handling situations with thoughtful foresight. Well, you can't do that if you're drunk. You can't handle situations with with thoughtful foresight if you're not in your right mind, if you're inebriated. But any fool, well, that goes back to the person that's been drinking, any fool will start fights, a quarrel without regard for the consequences. So, number one, number one, it's not what you say but your demeanor it's not what you say but your demeanor a lot of people talk a lot of stuff they say things about how they live how they act what they do but they project and do something otherwise the text here talks first to to being unable to make sound judgment because one is physically impaired If one is physically impaired, one is then emotionally impaired. If one is physically and emotionally impaired, the impairment's going to affect what? Judgment. It's going to affect the ability to process. It's going to affect the ability to use foresight. It's going to affect the ability to pick out consequences. Uh, Most of the people you hear on the news, the athletes, even the entertainers who have been getting caught with DUI, driving while under the influence, or intoxicated, most of them have been, if, if, you, if you recognize them without their libation or whatever they've done, nicest, most generous, kind, quieted, loving uh, people in the world. With it, some people become foolish. Now, I know some people who get drunk and they just start cracking jokes in bed, just laughing, whatever. But I know most, many people who get high or drunk become more of what they already are. So if they mean, they become a mean drunk. If If they're lascivious, they become a lascivious, that means a lustful drunk. Which means they can't keep their hands off anybody. They rubbing on women that not didn't come with them to the dance. They got their hand placed as well that why? Because they become more of because you know, you 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 all know what I'm talking about. You, you know, liquor loosen you up. Liquor hey, You could you could have on the tightest dress. You get enough Never mind. You could have on the you could be in a straight suit. You put, you, hey, that elbow go to bending and the, everything go to The seas or the ocean, the freedom, freedom. No, loss of judgment. There's no accident, they call it the spirit shock. People, people would say to me all the time, say, oh, Reverend, you know, you, you preaching against, I'm not preaching against anything. I'm just telling you, the Bible tells you that wine can become a mocker, strong drink makes people into, into fighters, and that when you become intoxicated, wisdom goes out the window. So let me put it another way. Liquor can make you ignorant. I did not say ignorant, I said ignorant. So you have to be careful because you can lose everything in a moment because you talking about you gonna turn it up. Let me give one one last point on this. Always remember your demeanor, what you project, is going to be the sum total of what you are and that can be jaded by any product whether whatever that product may be and I'm not trying to name all the things that that can intoxicate you legal and illegal because some things that used to be illegal legal now but what I'm telling you is that you you place yourself in a position. To do what? To walk in the lack of wisdom. It is no wonder by the time we get to chapter 31 that that he says, If you wish to be a king, you let other folk do stupid stuff. But kings can't do what other folk do. You wish to be a queen, you can't do what other folk do. You can't afford to do that you can't, that, that's right liquid courage, that's what it is You're right liquid courage they take a drink and they think they, they can walk off, the, off a building and literally they do so it's not what you say it's your demeanor you have to be in control of your demeanor at all times because there are consequences for foolishness one more time there are consequences for foolishness when you you allow yourself to be controlled by the spirits I didn't say the spirit I said the spirits and you gurgle them down you have to know there are consequences and they're not always good most of them are bad let me rush on Number two comes from verse four. A lazy man does not plow when the winter planting season arrives. So he begs at the next harvest and has nothing to reap. It's not what you say, it's your decisions. The fact that he's begging is not the problem. If that same individual asks for help, and had planted the harvest and done all he could, but had a bad crop, everybody would be there to help him. What he's saying is not the problem. But if I know you've left your field unplowed, you didn't drop a seed in the field, you didn't try to do anything to help yourself, and now you are gonna come take my little bit because you were too lazy to do your own stuff, guess what? It's not what you're saying now. It's the decision you made when you were being lazy. When you were being lazy. There's a difference between an inability to do a thing or when something doesn't come out the way you planned it and when someone has just neglectfully and willfully not participated in setting up their own blessing. There's no room for that. There's no room for that level of stupidity. Now, now why does the Bible, why does the proverb put it this way? Because Proverbs is trying to tell folk that industry and your ability to be a partner with God in your own blessing plan is important to God and you. You must partner with God in the blessings you want to receive. And the decision you make to partner with God, whether it works or not, doesn't matter. The fact that you were willing to try, I'd rather you try and fail than not try at all. Number three, coming up in verse five, this is a very important verse. A plan, motive, wise counsel, in the heart of a man, is like water in a deep well, but a man of understanding draws it out. This is a good one. It's not what you say, it's what you draw out. It's what you draw out. It's what you draw out. Now, now, it's not what you say, it's what you draw out. Now, Now, this is important because what you have to know is this this metaphor lifted up here of drawing out, if some of you are from Alabama, Georgia, Mississippi, you, you all know what I'm talking about. If you ever had a well, you know, most wells, they try to get them down at least 100 feet deep. And man, if you ever had good well water, you take the bucket, you lower it down on the rope, and you get it all the way down in the well, and then you draw it back up, you tip your ladle in there and get a dip of that, it's the coldest, best water, as long as it's not limey and nothing wrong with. It's some of the best water you ever had. Oh, you talking about Poland Springs and whatever the mother brand, name brands are. This is it, this is the real spring. No plastic, straight cold water. The metaphor being lifted up is that metaphor, that there are some things That you've got to drop down into the well to get and go deep in order to extract the most important things and what he's saying to us the message Bible puts verse five this way the message Bible says knowing what is right is like deep water in the heart a wise person draws from the well within so the wise don't make quick decisions off the top of their mind. The wise go down deep within the well of salvation, within the well of God's wisdom, and make decisions from the deep. They don't do the surface stuff. They go down deep. And what he's telling you now is not what you say. you know, all that blah, 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 blah running off of the jibs. No, it's, it's being wise enough to draw out wisdom from the deep from within now that means that i'm gonna get wise godly counsel that means i'm gonna get some prayer time in i'm gonna be reading my word i'm going to do what i have to do in order to function in wisdom and i'm gonna draw it out from the depths that means that i'm going to go into my innermost being the depth of my soul and in the anointing of the living God, I'm going to allow God to speak into my life. I'm not going to go. Now, let me tell you something. If you simply go off the top of your head, you'll say things you'll regret. You'll say yes to stuff you know you should have said no to. You'll, you'll, you'll agree to things that you, you, when you think about hindsight, God, what am I thinking? You will, you, will, you will say no to things that actually could be a blessing because you're just talking of the mind. You know, you automatically, because you're tired in this moment now, someone says to you, can we do X, Y, Z this evening? You answer no now, knowing in truth you wanted to do that and by this evening you'd already took a, taken a nap and you'd be refreshed and ready to go. But you already said no, And so you cut yourself off from what may have been a great blessing. And then you're mad at the individual because they knew you were tired. Why'd you ask me when I was tired? You know I was gonna say no. I don't know what you're gonna say. The truth of the matter is you're mad at yourself because you didn't draw water deep, you drew water from the flesh. So in the moment The answer may be no. But if I pause and I go deeper, I may have a yes in me. Sometimes I tell people, people come to me all the time and say, can you do this, will you do this, will you do that? And most times I say, let me get back to you. Now, why do I say, let me get back to you? Because I need to pray about it. I need to discern it. I need to see where it resonates in my spirit. Is God leading me into that? But if I say yes right away, I could have put myself in something that I've got to go back and undo later. Number four. Number four. Let's start at verse six. Many a man proclaims his own loyalty and goodness, but who can find a faithful and trustworthy man? The righteous man who walks in integrity and lives life accord with his godly beliefs. How blessed, happy and spiritually secure are his children after him who have his example to follow. A discerning king who sits on the throne of judgment sifts all evil like chaff with his eyes and cannot easily be fooled. Number four is this, it's not what you say but what you do. It's not what you say, but what you do. Not what you say, but what you do. This is important here because the truth is none of us are sinless, none of us are guiltless, We've all made mistakes, we've all done things that we should not have done, and that's since we've been saved. The stuff we did before we got saved was just willful sin. Now we're making mistakes. Some of them are, are sinful, but, but, but what, we, what we have here is this ideal of what we would like to be. And he says, anybody can proclaim that they're good and they're loyal Faithful and trustworthy. You can say anything, but it's not what you say, it's what you do. You know, we'll know the tree by the fruit it bears. Not, 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 by, not, by, not by what it says and a sign in front of it. What fruit is it bearing? So when you really are doing the things of righteousness, You're walking in the integrity. You're walking in godliness. Because of that, everybody around you is blessed. Because of the, you're walking in the integrity as a king, even your judgments are righteous because you can see through evil. So it's not what you say, but what you do. And let me, let me just put this to you again. Too many people talk a good game. I have people all the time, oh, I'm so holy, I'm so right, I'm like, just shut up. Just say you're striving for perfection, you're trying to live the best I can. You know, like, like the old folk, you say, I'm doing my best to make it in. Now, now I'm not perfect. Now, the, the reason why people get mad at some Christians is when they act like they've never had a bad day. You know, first time you hear the Christian cuss, you're ready to lose your mind. You know, uh, Leandria, the great singer, gifted woman, had a bad day. She got caught on video using some bad language and saying some things and talking about stuff. She shouldn't have. Hey, many of y'all have had worse days in your life. No one was videotaping you. And you weren't weren't, uh, unwise enough to put it on social media. The truth of the matter is everybody. Now, some of us have been saved long enough that our bad days look pale in comparison <laughs> to some other bad days. But I keep trying to make people aware of the fact that just because you have gotten to a point where your holiness is outweighing your unholiness, don't you forget the days you walked in church before you got where you are now. See, you walking in church now after being at home in your bed, sleeping all night, Saturday night, got up, got a good shower, made your way to church. But there were some days as you were trying to come into Jesus where you came in from the club at two, slept for two or three hours because you still wanted to go to church. And you went to church with two or three mints in your mouth hoping nobody would smell the liquor still on your breath. But hold oh, wait a minute, you would not be the holiness person you are today with the long skirt and the holy look had you not drugged your half drunk self to church on those days when you had a hangover and were praying the preacher wasn't gonna be so loud. You, you progressed into salvation And now you're holy, now you're saved, now you're sanctified. But don't forget the pathway that you entered. No one, well there may be some of us who who started out in church when we were children and we stayed in the way and we just moved on the brain. But there's not a lot of folk like that. Many folks started in the pathway as children, strayed from the pathway came back in the pathway, strayed just a little bit, came back in again, straight just a sketch came back in again. And then finally there was no need to stray anymore because they wanted to straight and narrow. It's easy to forget your walk into holiness while looking down your sanctified nose at someone else at the beginning of the journey. Watch this, y'all. This is going to mess somebody up. We must be careful not to run people away from the church who are struggling because you can't clean a fish that you haven't caught. You're trying to clean them and they're still in the water. Give them some time. Let them hear some more word. Let them say, another song. Let them hear another sermon. They may be listening to sermon with one eye open and mouth hanging out and something prick inside of them. And all of a sudden, they look at their hands and they're new. You don't know what the next song, the next prayer, the next handshake, the next act of love and kindness is going to do to turn them around. We gotta take people where they are, lead them to the Christ that can make them what he wants them to be. And and, and I go back again, I go back again. It's not what you say, it's what you do. So you can tell somebody I love you, but at the same time you reject them and they feel it. They feel the rejection. They feel the condemnation. They feel the hatred. Somebody wore their only dress to church. Okay, it wasn't church appropriate. That slit may have been a little too high. There might be a little too much thigh meat hanging out. Okay, that brother came to church, that top might be too tight. Them pants might not be fitting, you know, them skinny jeans were for a time when he was skinnier and he's lost that skinniness and they just clinging to him. Listen, but we can fix that can fix that every woman in this church got dresses in every size and, and the thing they got we got we got sizes because you know you've been three or four different sizes you may be a 12 10 now but you used to be a 24 we got sizes we can get a dress we got we got pants we can get you understand what I'm saying stop running folk out by how we treat them or make them feel. Oh, I went off on a tangent. Oh, I just had to do it. Ah, Lord, somebody need to hear that tonight. I don't know who it was. Watch it. Number five, begins at verse nine. Who can say, I have cleansed my heart? I am pure from sin. Differing weights, one for buying, another for selling, and differing measures, both of them are detestable and offensive to the Lord. Even a boy is known and distinguished by his acts, whether his conduct is pure and right. I'm going back to the same notion as number four, but watch this. It's not what you say, but what you've done. It's not what you say, but what you've done. See, you can tell everybody I have a clean heart, but the proof of your character is not in the deception of your words; it's in what you actually do. It's not in what you tell me; it's what you do. So, verse nine says, "I have a clean heart. I'm pure. I'm holy. Hook 'em in asunder. Haya, haya, haya. Uh, that's cute. I love it. Thank you, Jesus." But at the same time, you're trying to get over on folk. Cause see, that's what this means about differing weights. It means that when it, when it comes time for you to buy something, you want the scale to be, be measured right. Cause if you say you're buying a pound, you want to get a pound. But when it comes time to sell stuff, you want the scale to be measured wrong so you can give somebody else a half pound. So you can keep the half pound and sell it to someone else, hey! it's not what you say but what you've done he says we can distinguish in a child's conduct whether that's a good character child or not whether that person is pure or not that's the contrast he says and that's the way god is distinguishing you not on on you saying i'm a christian i'm a believer i've been washed in the blood no god said i'm from missouri the show me state. Show me. Show me. Because let me help you here. If you still cussing folk out when you get mad, uh 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 If you still can't forgive, uh 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 You still projecting hate when, you, when you've when you been lo- told to learn how to love, uh uh you still get mad and flash the finger at everybody driving down the street because they can't drive? Uh uh You still get mad because somebody took your parking lot, your parking space, and then all of a sudden, now you want to tell them how much they ought to go to the other place opposite of heaven and they ought to be, uh uh uh. I'm going to give this one because this is 41. If you tell folk I want them to burn from the inside out, <laughs> oh let me help you here you need to know you have to get your stuff together don't tell me you're saved don't talk about it be about it I don't want to hear you say I'm saved and don't give me all them fake tongues you ain't got nothing backing that tongue up you can speak in tongues when you can't speak to me. So you can speak in tongues. And then out of the way out of church, you got folk you ain't saying hi to. Well, I'm still mad and you don't know what they did to me. Well, how much say in salvation you have? You don't have enough salvation to forgive your brother or sister whom you see every day, but you got enough salvation to talk to God. How can you walk into the and get in the presence of the holies of holies and you walking around acting like hell? I said it. Blame it on Deacon Medina. He let me. <laughs> Verse 12 and 13. I got to keep going. I'm going to get all 10 of these done. Verse 12 and 13. The hearing ear and the seeing eye, the omnipotent Lord has made them both. Hold that right there. The hearing ear, the seeing eye, made by God. Do not love excessive sleep or you will become poor. Open your eyes so that you can do your work and you will be satisfied with bread. Let me give this to you. Number six, it's not what you say, but what you discern. It's not what you say, but what you discern. Here it is. The very gift of common sense you have is not because you're brilliant. It's because God gave it to you. Whether you call it instinct, you call it mother wit, you call it you call it a, a, a feeling in your gut, your belly. Uh, you, you, you call it your spiritualizations Your Holy Ghost Or your Holy ghost Whatever you call it It's a gift from God That discernment It's not what you say But what you discern That discernment Is given to you And notice what the text says It is given to you In the hearing of your ear And in the seeing of your eye Now, he could have went on and said, the smelling of your nostrils, because what he's trying to say is, it is there in your senses, and God has given you your senses in order for you to discern some things, and there are things that can be and should be discerned in your flesh. This is apart from the Holy Ghost, this is apart from what the Holy Ghost does, and the gift of discernment as God gives it unto people where the spirit of God is actually working in you to discern. He's talking about the natural ability to discern. Well, let me give you this. You go up to the grocery store and you looking for a steak and you look at that steak and it's already brown and it ain't been cooked. You don't even have to talk to anybody. You ain't buying that right there. Why? Your natural senses discern that that's old meat. You walk into the, into the same counter and you can smell it. You ain't supposed to smell that meat. No, your natural. What, so what he's saying is you need to use the gifts God gave you to discern truth even before you haven't prayed, haven't prayed. The Holy Ghost is going to do his part. But there are some things that you ought to be able to discern naturally. You know, ladies, let me just say this to my my darling sisters. I love y'all. I love every one of you. I do, I do, I do. But you know, some of y'all know when somebody's shooting the bull at you, you. You may let them shoot the bull at you, but you be knowing. You know that joke ain't got but one thing on his mind, and it ain't Jesus. You know it. You come on. You, you, know, you know when he bought you all those drinks at the club, it wasn't because he thought you were the prettiest woman in the club or because he wanted to wife you. No, he wanted to knight you, not wife you. Yeah, if only for one night, that's what Luther said. Let me help you here. There are some things that you ought to discern. It's not what you say, but what you discern. Then number seven, number seven. I'm going to read beginning of verse 14. It's almost worthless. It is almost worthless, says the buyer, as he negotiates the price. But when he he goes his way, then he boasts about his bargain. There's gold and an abundance of pearls, but the lips of, of knowledge are vessels of precious, the most precious of all. The judge tells the creditor, take the clothes of one who is surety for a stranger. And he holds him in pledge when he guarantees a loan for the foreigner. Food gained by deceit is sweet to a man. But afterwards, his mouth is filled with gravel, just as sin may be sweet at first. But later, the consequences bring despair. Plans are established by counsel, so make war only with wise guidance. He who goes about as a gossip reveals secrets. Therefore, do not associate with a gossip. who who talks freely or flatters. Number seven, it's not what they say, it's what you discharge. It's not what they say, it's what you discharge. Now this is a good one here. The idea here is that you need to learn how to recognize what we used to call the monkey hustle. Now, some of y'all old timers back in the 70s remember a movie by that name during the Black Exploration Era. I won't go into it if you don't remember it, it's okay. That's the Dolomite movie with, yeah, Fred Sanford. Listen, you need to know that, that, that when you think of the monkey hustle, you've got to imagine a group of monkeys dancing or moving about that give the impression that they're working hard when in fact they aren't. What they're doing is they're distracting you to keep your eyes off the ball. And there's people in life that are always gonna be trying to run the monkey hustle on you. They're always gonna be trying to run the hustle. And so you have to understand, don't be one of them. So it's not what you say, oh, this is, this is worthless. That's what the hustler says. The hustler says it's worthless. They're discharging a lie. They are speaking a lie. So when you speak a lie, what you're doing is you're trying to set up somebody else. So it's not just what you said. It was the purpose behind it. That was to confuse someone so that you could take advantage of them. And I'm telling you now, it's not what you say, but what you discharge. Because if you try to take advantage, to treat people wrong, and then you go back and laugh about it. I made money off of them child. I bought that for 15 cents. I sold it for $15. I just hustled them. Oh my God. Let me tell you something. Believers are better than that believers walk in knowledge and wisdom and we take our vessels to be precious we take our words to be precious we believe that we ought to treat people right we, we will not go out and do that which is unholy and even if the judge says take the credit of someone's clothes from them but believers say hey 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 there's only so far I'm going to go with this I wanna be repaid, but I will not mistreat someone to aggrandize myself. Why won't you do it? The judge told you you could take their clothes and hold it for surety. No, 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 I'm not gonna do that. I'm not even gonna get into making guarantees for foreigners, I'm gonna do something different because I'm gonna be a person of integrity. Why would you say that, Reverend? Exodus chapter 22. Goes along verse 16. Exodus 22 verse 26 through 27 says this. If you ever take your neighbor's garment as a pledge, you shall return it to him before the sun goes down. For that is his only covering. It is his garment for his skin. What will he sleep in? And it will be that he cries to me. This is God speaking. And I will hear him for I am gracious. God said, look, there is a way in which you can be in business with folk, but you need to make sure you're acting with the greatest level of integrity. That you walk in the integrity. That you don't want anything that's stolen. You don't want to, yeah, game recognized game, but you don't want to be a gamer either. You got to be careful. Watch this. You can, verse verse 17 says, you can gain food, That'll be sweet in the moment. He said, but don't worry about it. Later on, it'll taste like crap. Why? Because you didn't get it right. You didn't get it right. Whenever you don't do that, which is right, you are going to have to pay a penalty. Here's the thing for every believer. Verse 18 says, believers, that's what it means, Israelites, when you make a plan, she says, you don't make a plan without counsel. Get wisdom. It's the principal thing. And don't you dare go into a battle without wise guidance. Don't, don't, don't do it. Don't do it. Don't do it, Celie. Don't do it. Listen, last thing in the, in the text tells you this. And, and I know the text is is not what you do but what you discharge the last thing in the text says this you be careful who you talk to you be careful who you discharge information to verse 19 says what he who goes about as a gossip reveals secrets therefore do not associate with gossips who talk freely or who are flatters verse 19 in the message Bible says this way gossips can't keep secrets so never confide in a blabber mouth let me tell you something there's some folk you are never tell you secrets to cause I'm gonna tell you now there are people who will tell other folk and who will say right away child but you didn't get that from me I know, I know, I do this here. Whatever you do, don't put my name on it. Don't put my name on it. Don't put my name on it because, you know, I don't gossip. I don't gossip. Everybody knows I don't gossip. No, everybody knows you do gossip. You know, you ought to shut up. You talk too much. Oh boy, you never shut up. You talk too much. Never mind, I'm sorry. I got to go. I got a couple more to get to, and my time is running out. Number eight. Number eight is big. Verse 20 and 21 says this. Whoever curses his father or his mother, his lamp of life will be extinguished in time of darkness. An inheritance hastily gained by greedy or unjust means at the beginning will not be blessed in the end. Number eight, it's not what you say, it's the darkness. It's the darkness. It's not what you say, it's the darkness. Number eight. It's not what you say. It's the darkness. What do you mean by darkness, Reverend? It's the consequences. You can say whatever you wanna say. It's not what you say. It's what what comes after it. You can curse your mama, you can curse your daddy, and I know some people stupid enough to do it. But when you do it, you better understand there gonna be consequences. Honoring your mother and father is what God promises that he says, I'm going to attach promise with this. I'm going to attach long life with this. I'm going to attach a blessing with this. But to dishonor them, I'm going to attach a curse to it. Exodus 21, 17. You got your Bible, look at it. Exodus 21, 17. And he who curses his father or his mother, shall surely be put to death surely be put to death Leviticus 20 verse 9 Leviticus 20 verse 9 for everyone who curses his father or mother shall surely be put to death he who has cursed his father or mother his blood shall be upon his own head let me tell you something it's not just what you say it's the darkness it's the darkness that's right it's the darkness got two more, I gotta go, gotta go, gotta go number, number nine is in verse 22 and 23 do not say I will repay evil wait expectantly for the Lord and he will rescue and save you differing weights are detestable and offensive to the Lord and the fraudulent scales are not good Let me do this real quick. It's not what you say. It's his deliverance. His deliverance. Oh, this is a good one here. I'm almost done for the night. Listen. I know this is hard. But if you can ever break free from the necessity to get your enemies back, or to even worry about if and when they are gotten back, you will be blessed above and beyond measure. If you can ever break free of the need to see people hurt, to get people back, to watch them get their comeuppance, to watch them get their pay. Look, your faith in God has to be big enough to believe that vengeance is mine, saith the Lord, I will repay. And whatever is right, whatever God decides that repayment is, is good enough for me. I don't have to get you back and I ain't even gonna be mad about it. You don't wanna mess with me. God's got my back. I promise you, he has been taking care of me all these years and I can't help but say, I think some people have already felt that. Touch not my anointed, do my proper no And I ain't the only anointed. You're the anointed. You're the anointed. Yes, child of God, you too. When they touch you, they're touching God. And God says, I them." Stop worrying about somebody getting somebody back. God said, I got this. Okay, don't have time to finish all this, but let me go. Verse 24 through verse 30. Look, real quick, man steps ordered by and ordained by the Lord. How then can a man fully understand his way? It is a trap for a man to speak a vow of consecration and say it rashly. It is holy and then not to consider what got, how he's going to fulfill it. A, king, a wise king sifts out the wicked from among the good and drives the threshing wheel over them to separate the chaff from the wheat. The spirit conscious of a man is a lamp of the Lord searching and examining all the innermost parts of his being. Loyalty and mercy truth and faithfulness protect the king and he upholds his throne by love and kindness let me get out of here last verse the glory in verse 30 blows that that wound cleanse away evil and the strokes reach the innermost parts let me give you this number 10 last one it's not what you say but what you decipher not what you say but what you decipher Real quick, my last point is, goes back to the beginning, goes back to discernment. When you begin to realize that God wants to order your steps and order your path, and you allow God to order your path, then you will decipher the plan of God for your life, and you will allow God god to order your path even if you don't understand your way you will trust god you will trust god knowing that you are going to hold your peace you're not going to make rash vows you're not going to say things that you can't back up with loving kindness and faith you're going to hold on you're going to try and function in godly wisdom and discernment because you know that what you're trying to do, is you're trying to decipher the will of God, which makes everything else clear. When you get the will of God and the mind of God, then what you will have is, God will make everything around you begin to line up with the divine order. And your way will be ordered by the Lord and all other things, everything else you need, comes into line as you trust God because you don't speak rashly you don't act irresponsibly what you do is you learn how to lean and depend upon God or as old folks say learn how to lean and depend on Jesus and when you do that your steps are ordered and God lights your path because his word is a lamp unto your feet and a light unto your pathway. God bless you, saints. 20, dear, 10 lessons from chapter 20 of Proverbs. I got more in me, but I don't have more time. I love y'all. Woo, thank you, Jesus. God bless you. I love you, I love you, I love you. Thank you so much for joining us tonight. Look, if you're online tonight, and you say, hey, I want to be a part of that church, put it up on the screen. You can join us. Become an E-member. I don't care where you are in the country. Whether you're in Indiana or you're somewhere in some other country, in India, you can become a part of our fellowship. Become an E-member, and we'll be excited to receive you. If you're in the Connecticut State area and you want to come, come over here where the table is spread. And the Feast of the Lord is going on. We have both in-person and online worship. Join us. We look forward to having you. I look forward to joining you tomorrow for noon, for one o'clock prayer. One o'clock prayer. I'll be online. I praise God for all of our prayer warriors who are holding it down. Prayer leader, our chairman of our board, Deacon Medina. I praise God for all of them. But I'll be on with you myself just so you know I'm going to be there but don't you worry between me and Dick and Medina we got this thing wrapped we got a wrap we got a lock on it we ready uh, we are excited about what God is doing join us tomorrow one o'clock for prayer Then join us again on Sunday morning for worship. I got more thank yous to give out from my sabbatical and more thank yous. My wife's going to thank y'all personally Sunday for her birthday wishes. She's so grateful to you for how much you blessed her and allowed her to enjoy her birthday. I told her she's at a stage now. I can't even reverse the age. I just say she's much younger than me, but she's older than she was when I met her. Amen amen but she's gonna thank you herself on sunday so but i say thank you to all of you for her and for your love expressed. last thing i want to do before i get out last week i asked for you to do a special gift so before you get off the line i want you to do something special i want to do something on sunday and bless somebody i'm gonna do it we're gonna do it whether you do it or not we're gonna do it but if you do it I'm giving you a chance to participate in blessing a fellow saint who's been faithful, loving, kind, and everyone on this line have benefited from their ministry. Everyone on the line. And I'm gonna give you a chance tonight, special blessing. Put it in there. I ain't telling you who it is until Sunday. But if you join me, if you join me, we're going to do this thing. Tonight's a special blessing night. Now, if you used to give five, give 10. You used to give him 20, give 40. You used to give him 50, give 100. But you do something special tonight because you're going to be blessing one of the saints and you're going to be showing some love. And I'm going to tell you what, when you hear about it on Sunday and you didn't do it, you're going to be like, dang, I should have got in on that blessing. Because I know God going to bless people around me. Okay, that's enough. I done told you too much. That's too much. I done told you much. Look, I done set you up for the good blessing. But if you don't know how to get it, sorry for you. Look, I love you all. I'm over time. I'm out of time. But I'm not out of word. You know what I say. Shalom.